Locations. Um, uh, one of us, I am on the phone with uh, those guys at their uh, their place over northeast. So uh, quality um, is uh, a little bit lower than uh, we like to. We mostly forgot to switch over our Bluetooth from um, music to uh, audio. So I sound a little more tinny um, than uh, than the the brothers, um, but we think you're going to enjoy it. I think this is a fun one. Um, We'll be back next week with a full uh, Dave's I Know uh, podcast with the regular, the full crew. We figured out how to do with that, so uh, sucks for you guys. So without further ado, uh, Bruce and Bill McGuire. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right. Uh, well, welcome to another Days I Know podcast. Um, we are joined. Uh, we will actually have the full team back. We figured out how to uh, record a podcast with four people in four different locations. So um, get ready for that, fuckers, on uh, Monday. And we are joined by, I don't know, what, eight-time guests? <laughs> Seven-time guests? Uh, Bruce multiple. McGuire. Um, multiple. Multiple-time guests. Multiple-time guests, Bruce McGuire. Um, Bruce and Bill are holed up in uh, the bunker, a bunker in uh, northeast Minneapolis, and I am... Uh, Hold up in my office in uh, uh, Midway of St. Paul, and we're gonna chat a little bit about some soccer stuff that's going on. Maybe uh, maybe talk a little bit about what we're watching and reading in this uh, these trying times. Uh, but Bruce uh, and Bill, I guess for that matter, how's uh, how are things for you guys over there? It's not bad. I you know I I, I got to be honest. I I don't think I could have a better partner to be locked in the house with. So that <laughs> makes it pretty great that my brother, and um, you know it it's. I like some alone time. I've lived alone for many years. And so it's not that crazy yet, but I know it's not going to take too long before I start to get restless. I know that's going to happen, but so far I'm fine. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing really good. I, uh, you know, and I've had these back problems the last couple of months, as you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and and I was sick for a long time for so many years that I think I'm pretty used to, you know, quiet and I'm, you know, being home alone and not seeing people. So this isn't a huge difference for me, but um, oh. I'm I'm you know I miss soccer's the big thing I miss right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm you know I wish we had a foosball table here or something like that or <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, a, yeah. game, a game. We don't have a game console. I've I've thought about buying something like that. Yeah, I never I never really got into video games, so I don't me really neither. have anything no. anything either. I mean, I had I think I I had like a PlayStation Two when I was in in college and played like Madden, but 
never really got into FIFA. Never really got into any other sort of RPGs or anything like that. So I did just download uh, Football Manager the other day. <clears throat> so I'm going to get into uh, Football Manager, but I, I I don't consider that the same thing as like a whatever the no. fancy game systems that the kids have nowadays. Um, well, I mean, as like so, you know, I'm cooped up here in St. Paul with my wife and, and my uh, amazing son, and uh, I was telling you guys before um, before we started recording that this is being cooped up and, and being uh, stuck in a, in a house without any other uh, social interaction other than my amazing wife and my amazing uh, child um, is my personal hell. Um, on the flip side uh, for my wife, this is like her personal heaven. So um, I think we're doing a pretty good job of, uh, of balancing each other out. Or at least I hope so. I hope I'm not driving her too crazy with me walking around the, the apartments, um, making phone calls and just generally talking to myself. So um, cool. Um, all right, so we have a actually. There's been weirdly enough, there's been some soccer news that's come out uh, since we last recorded a podcast, um, and uh, I think we should start with probably the uh, the most recent news. Uh, the EPL uh, the, or the English uh, soccer teams met uh, today, um, and they pushed their uh, their starting window back to April 30th, which I, again I think is a little optimistic. And then MLS released a statement today. Um, where they said they were going to abide by the CDC's recommendations, and they said they set a May 10th uh, uh, date as their uh, potential start date for. So, like, and according to their press release, want to play their entire season. So, um, Bruce, I'll throw it to you. Um, we're not playing. Game, we're not starting games on, on May 10th, are we? Not even close. I, I think okay. Well, we, in a really weird yeah, way, I think we're going to be lucky to have a season at all. Okay, that's my honest evaluation of where we're at at this moment you just look at the big picture i i I said today on twitter august 1st and after i tweeted it out i thought that's crazy yeah um i hope you're wrong yeah i do too (laughs) but i just don't see it yeah you know personally i mean i've been i follow some uh baseball people too that are are, and they're even the the major league baseball people that i follow are you can hear rumblings of that they're just even they're they're just going to cancel their season totally um, and just not even play a season. Um, and I, I, when I, I didn't really believe that, and then once I heard those guys talking about it, um, it started to make a lot more sense for for MLS, um, especially since we have no idea when this thing is going to peak. Um, obviously, it's such a large country that there'll be different peaks in different parts of the country, so we don't know if, if like yeah. um, you know since Washington State and and. Uh, you know, uh, San Jose, uh, Santa Clara County were sort of a little more ahead of it in terms of stopping things. Um, you know, will their peak be a little earlier? Um, you know, will Minnesota, since they're a little more organized, uh, you know, will our peak, will our sort of, will we have, will flatten the curve enough where it's not going to be as bad? But then you look at places, um, you know, major cities like Chicago and New York and stuff. And we have, I don't think we have any idea what the, what the, the damage, um, in terms of potential, um, uh, folks with the disease, uh, folks who potentially will pass away, um, hospitalized, and what they what that will do to the systems uh, in those major cities. So sure, and and we don't, you know, we don't really know what this disease is going to do. We don't know, you know, we don't know if it's going to fade away. We don't know if there's going to be a resurgent. You know, we don't, we don't, you know, there's no history with yeah. this disease. Yeah, well, I, I mean, talked, I think the whole, I talked to a yeah. doctor about it last night and. I just said, so if somebody were to get this and they recover, can they get it again? And he said, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, which basically said, yeah, it's still possible. 
So there's, I mean, trying to make up and trying to figure out rules, regulations, timelines is kind of foolhardy because everything a week ago right now, we weren't even having this conversation. No, that's, you know, yeah, they had just one week. Yeah. Well, they had just, they had just uh, canceled. They just postponed the season on Thursday of last week, but yeah, it's like, 24 hours before that, so, you know, eight days ago, we were expecting to have our home opener um, at Allianz. Yeah. Um, in, yeah, like, it, with, with some trepidation from a lot, I mean, I know a lot of the supporters were sort of, I was, I was probably not playing and going to the home opener just because of, um, you know, I have immunocompromised people in my family um, that I wouldn't want to, you know, risk um, risk infecting if I picked it up some, you know, at Allianz or whatever. So, um, I know there's a lot of trepidation about it, but... Um, yeah, I think May 10th is a very, very optimistic date. I, I kind of agree. I think, I think if they can't get the game started by the 4th of July, um, and if we do play, it, it we're certainly not going to be playing uh, a 17-game home season schedule. Um, it's definitely going to be um, probably just intra-conference, um, maybe even just, um, you know, one match against each team. So, you know, luck of the draw of whether you get play teams home or away. Um, but I know, you know, smarter people than us are the ones, you know, behind the scenes making decisions and figuring out schedules and all that. So, um, yeah. Hey, Anything mean, else if, you want to add? If yeah. they could play this fall, maybe it'd be really cool if they got super creative and did a tournament. Yeah. And that was mm-hmm. the whole thing, you know, put teams into groups like a world cup, you know, here's the group stage. Here's the knockout stage. Here's the, I mean, that, that kind of stuff could be a lot of fun. It's not a proper season at all, but I don't really care yeah. at that point, you know? I'll just be happy yeah. if I see some soccer in 2020. That's what will make me happy, and I'm not counting on it as of today. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what are your thoughts on – so I know the um, yeah, 26 teams. All right, yeah, this, you, can make, you can make groups out of that, play a, play a mini tournament. Um, what are your thoughts on the uh, – Europe and, and, and obviously they uh, on Tuesday uh, postponed the Euro 2020 tournament to next summer. Copa America did the same thing with their tournament this year. They postponed it to next year. Um, I think I guess with the eye on um, trying to finish the domestic seasons, um, you, I mean I think there's probably a much better chance of those actually finishing than uh, MLS playing. Definitely a much better chance of those finishing than MLS playing a full schedule, and much better chance of those finishing than MLS playing any any soccer at all. See, I think the exact opposite. Really, you think this is going to I don't see where they're, yeah, I don't see where they're going to get anywhere and I think what they should do if they're really being smart all the leagues they would, you know, I don't know if you have to declare winners but I think the teams that are in the relegation zones should not be relegated for next year. I think you just start over again next year and and those teams all get a reprieve and nobody gets promoted, nobody gets relegated and you start it all over again if they can next year. Yeah, they're reading up a lot about it obviously since I have, as I'm a Liverpool fan, I have a, a it's somewhat best interest in uh, Liverpool winning the title um, and not having some bullshit uh, Man City fan claiming it's a uh, a fake title or whatever. But uh, I'll be interested to see it. it. I've been following that fairly well, fairly, fairly aggressively as well. So um, from uh, UEFA to – let's jump over to USSF. Um, uh, so the United States Soccer Federation uh, is a shit show. Nothing new uh, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't seen, sure you probably have since we've been starved for soccer, um, soccer content. Uh, they, this legal, uh, um, was it the legal, 
filings or whatever um, were uh, were released. Um, basically, it was the lawsuit. Really, really... It was the lawsuit that the United States Women's National Team filed against the United States Soccer Federation wanting equal pay, and that's where it started. Yep, yep. and this was before the before the World Cup last year. And then the two sides um, continued to do interviews and file, and file think, yeah. the depositions, the legal depositions, and they all were filing all these papers. Yeah, and then uh, it came out that uh, the arguments that the law firm that USS had, hi- had hired were pretty fucking misogynistic and, uh, and generally terrible. Um, that prompted uh, Carlos Cordero... Well, um, I mean, to... maybe back up and just fill in the little oh, detail sure. that yeah, yeah, go ahead. that stuff came out right during a tournament that U.S. Soccer had organized oh, yeah. for the women's yep. national team called She Believes. <laughs> yep. And it was during that and... tournament that these court filings came to light. And these are briefs and, and like you said, depositions and all those things that the lawyers on both sides continue to file to the judge. And these things got out. Because I don't think they're supposed to be public records. Probably and, not, right? And, Probably not while it's ongoing. Yeah, and they come out right during the tournament. Yeah, and so you and have then, the um, USA players reading them on their days off, and then yeah. training for their next game. Yep. And so then in the last game against uh, was it uh, Japan uh, was the last match of the She Believes Cup? Yes. Um, the women that came out in the, in uh, warm-ups, for the warm-ups, they came out with their warm-up sh- uh, shirts turned inside out. You could see the USS crest, you know, US crest, um, but you could still see the four stars, which I thought was fucking brilliant. Um, you and, could see all the stitching, yeah. Yeah, you could see all the stitching of the, you know, you could see the outline of the, of the crest, but you couldn't see the actual crest, and you could see the stars, um, which again, you know, whomever on that team is doing the marketing for that, like, that person should be hired by any company would be good to have that person. Um, and then they went out and won the fucking tournament. And in the, uh, close to the dying moments of the tournament, um, Carlos Cordero sent a, basically an apology letter, um, to the broadcast team that, um, they read on, uh, read on the, on the air while the game was going on. And I believe it was Julie Foudy, um, just went on a, a pretty epic rant, uh, about, about the whole thing. Um, and then yeah, two she days was, later, she was Carl- calling the game with Sebastian Salazar, and he read. Yeah, Salazar was. Yeah. He read the the press statement, and then she just went off. It was incredible. Yeah. It was fantastic. If you haven't got a chance to look it up, I believe it's probably on YouTube. But um, but yeah, just she just absolutely went off on on Cordero and the USSF and and the whole thing. This has been a, a we can talk about this in a second. But then to get the timeline um, up to date, <clears throat> uh, two days later on, on Thursday of last week, um, Cordero. Uh, you know, resigned, says a, his resignation letter, um, must, must been around about this time, actually, probably about, literally about a week ago today, um, uh, sends a resignation letter, um, uh, Cindy, is it Pablo Cohn, the, who's the vice president of, uh, USSF, um, will take over as the interim, um, as the interim president, uh, but man, US, the U.S. Soccer Federation has a, has a fuck ton of work to do, and you can talk, you've, you've been following U.S. Soccer for, a long time. Um, is this is this just par for the course? No, I mean the the thing that's, and even about Cordero, what's interesting is he he was never the right person for the job. I think everyone knew that from the start, and he's always been the the women's team like him personally. 
Mm -hmm. And I know people who work for the Federation and I consider them to be great people. I really, really like them. And so how it got to be this poorly run, this poorly organized, this bunt, this big of a mess and, and this wrong about so many things is, it's kind of painful. I mean, it's not easy to address. It's not easy to, I don't want to defend anybody. Yeah. Okay. But this so, is, this is bad. This is real really bad. bad. The whole institution. So, I mean, yep. I was just, just going to get there. It just, it sounds like they need to completely clean house, uh, um, at, at the U S soccer federation. Where do you, can you think of, uh, like, is, is there a, is there an inflection point where the federation went from being competent, you know, generally well run to what we have now? We've had, you know, labor strife with the women's team for like four of the last six years. Um, you know, the men's team failing to qualify, um, just lots of, uh, just lots of weird shit coming from the Federation. Is there, do you, can you identify an inflection point or has there been a, a gradual sort of rotting from the inside out? I don't know. I think there's always been a lot of people who didn't honestly know what they were doing, who had points of, of real authority with inside. Sure. And you look at how much soccer has grown in America in just 25 years, the, the, the Federation sprinted for 25 years trying to keep up and trying to come up with the ideas to do it right. And, but without the experienced people and without a really great plan set up ahead of time, and there have been some plans, but again, I don't know where they really honestly came from. You, you at some point just get so far behind the eight ball and so out of whack that you, it just crumbles from the inside out. There's, there's nothing mm -hmm. that can stop it. It's, it's the waves on the beach and they don't stop coming in. It's just, you know, wave after wave, after wave, after wave. And sometimes they get bigger, sometimes they get smaller, but it doesn't stop. And even just yeah. look at where we were 10 years ago. And it's just unbelievable where the whole game is at in America and, and the plan to make it happen is not a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll put you on the spot. If you uh, if you were given uh, a magic wand to uh, to fix this thing, um, what are what are some things that you would? Uh, are there some particular people you want to see involved, or some particular um, systems you want to be put to be put in place to to fix this thing going forward? Um, you know, I, I would me personally, I would just I would say I would just give the women uh, the U.S. women a blank check and tell them to write a number um, as a as a first uh, a first uh, point. But um, I'm, I'm sure that's probably also very short-sighted. So well, I think is there anything that you would want to do? I think they did in their in their lawsuit. They're asking for sixty-seven million dollars in damages. Okay. I mean that's that's a starting point right there. Okay. And but it it's 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 a complete overhaul. It's not one thing here and one thing there and another thing here and another thing there. And then you have to you have to go from idealism to realism. What can we honestly do? What do we want to do? Where can we find a middle ground? It's not going to be yeah. perfect. We're not going to get all the answers. A lot of people are going to be unhappy no matter what. And the unhappiest are usually the loudest. So no matter how good or bad it gets, it's going to always be a lot of ugly shouting. Yeah. And, th and that never and looks a, good. 
<clears throat> no. And that's actually been the, the, the weird thing with, with, with the, with the Federation uh, more or less attacking the women, like the, the, the shining example of, of U S soccer is, is that women's team. I mean, it's not the men's team. Um, it's not the U 23 or U 17 team. Um, it's that women's team. That is like the beacon of American soccer. Um, the fact that they just, that they have been fighting with them for so, so long. And it seems to me that the women have actually like, they could be probably be asking for a hell of a lot more than they are asking for. Um, I think they're trying to, they don't want this to be drag to drag on. They want this to be over. They want to just go out and fucking play soccer, right? They don't want to. They don't want to be sitting. In, well, they in do it. Depositions. Yeah, they, and they do don't, it. But they don't want to be sitting in de- depositions asking if they can beat fifteen and sixteen year olds. Um, you know, like that's 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 degrading to them, and it's not the waste of their time. And you're right, they do it. Um, but imagine if they didn't have to worry about any of this shit. They could just they could just focus on soccer. They have to worry about fighting their own federation to just get a, a, a somewhat more equal part of the pie. Like how much, like how much, even better they could possibly be, you know? It's kind of mind blowing, David. Yeah, it is. Um, so, anyways, so they, that, got, they, uh, got, they got yeah. someone new in charge. It's a temporary position. Temporary position right now. It's yep. Cindy Parlo, who was a striker for the U.S. Women's National Team, and um, her name now is Cindy Cohn, C O N E, and she's now the interim president of U.S. Soccer and. I think it's up to her to start showing a, a guiding light. I think it would be incredible if she, you know, sat down as the president and, and got the, dragged that whole board of directors together and said, "We're settling this lawsuit right now. We don't, we don't want more bad publicity. We don't want more animosity. This is step one. We're going to settle this lawsuit with the women, and then we're going to go work on everything else one by one by one by one." Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. There's a good. Uh, a Twitter account to follow um, at Molly Levinson. She's a she's a lawyer who represents the U.S. Women's Team, and she puts out she writes most of their press releases. And uh, I've been following quite a few of them. And uh, her she, last uh, was two nights ago, she put out like about six memos in a row. And uh, the very the very last one ended with a statement that just said. These are times for unity, not division. USSF should stop trying to change the conversation and just change. That's great. <clears throat> yeah. Um, when I saw her last name was, was, was obviously her main name was Paolo, but her last name was Cohen. I was really, really hoping that she was married to uh, former uh, Mets and Royals pitcher David Cohen. Um, that was that would have been hilarious, but unfortunately, no. It's a, it's a, <laughs> Some schmuck named John Cohen is who she's married to. So. I mean, there's a couple of other great, great people to follow. Um, I think yeah, Meg, Meg Linehan, yeah. who yeah. writes for The Athletic, her Twitter handle is It's Meg Linehan, is an excellent person to follow. Um, Caitlin Murray, I think, does probably the best job of any journalist covering this team. She wrote a great book on the team that came out just before the World Cup. Caitlin Murray is her name. She's excellent. Mm-hmm. And then um, a guy that I occasionally talk to, um, his name is, let me, I'm going to pull up his Twitter here before I even say his name so I have the right, so I get everything right. Oh, I mean, his, his name is Anthony DeChico. And okay, yeah. he's a great follow. His father was U.S. women's team coach for a long time. 
and he passed away a few years ago. And so Anthony has been sitting there watching this team since he was a, t- a, a very young child and he knows it inside and out. And I think he's just got a great perspective and, and he really follows, you know, this team and he's just got such a great, a great voice that's outside of the actual journalists and team themselves, but yet he's so connected and it's Anthony DeChico and, and I really like following him. I love his attitude. I love his spirit. And the last person I'd recommend is Jonathan Tannenwald from the Philadelphia Inquirer. He covers the team really well. If you follow yeah. those four people and then the attorney that Bill just mentioned, you won't miss a thing. You will have nope. this thing so well covered. hundred um, percent. And uh, Chico was, I mean, from the stories that I've read uh, from you know people over the years, like was absolutely beloved by the women's, uh, the women's players. Like, yeah. The dad, not just, the, not the one I met. Yeah. Yeah. The dad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, know the dad. Who went um, by Tony. Just, Tony. Yeah. Um, was absolutely beloved uh, by the U.S. players for the entire time that he was coaching. Um, so, so yeah, Anthony is, is definitely uh, tuned in. Um, all right, uh, a couple more things, and then we'll, we'll let you guys go. Um, for, on a lighter on a lighter note, uh, and and we'll talk about this uh, very briefly. And I just kind of want to get uh, Bruce and Bill's thoughts on. So I don't know. That's all the uh, the news. Uh, Ronaldinho was arrested in. Uh, trying to enter Paraguay with a fake passport. Um, I think he's trying to get away from some money laundering. Uh, I can't, no, I haven't pulled, I haven't read the story in a while. So anyways, long story short, he's in a uh, Paraguayan prison. It was drafted into the Paraguayan prison, uh, the penal league, uh, the soccer penal league. Um, and in his first game, uh, he, uh, the team won, I think 11 to two, um, he scored five goals, assisted on six. So had a hand in all 11 goals. Um, I, I'm a little too young for peak Ronaldinho in terms of like when I got into soccer. Um, I mean, I saw Ronaldinho towards the end of his, uh, towards the end of his run there. Um, Bruce and Bill, I'm sure you guys uh, have seen Ronaldinho play and can talk to how, I, th- I think everybody's kind of making fun of him right now. And it's a kind of a funny story. Um, but how, how, how much of a, an amazing player he was, if you guys want to, if you guys want to wax, wax poetically about uh, Ronaldinho. I mean, I, I don't really know what I can say. You can go on YouTube and watch. The guy yeah. was kind of a, a trickster and a magician, and he did yeah. win, too. He was a big-time winner, but he was flash. Yeah. Like, yeah. very few people we've ever seen. And and he was he could be ruthless, but he had this big, goofy grin, and he always had this long, dumb-looking, jerry-curled hair that was always flying around every place. And so he just – and he was real skinny, and he had giant teeth – so he was, he almost looked like a caricature Yeah, and, and <laughs> it was fun to watch him play there. There's a really famous goal. If you want to go see it when they're playing against England in the world cup, Brazil, that's who he played for. And he does one of those shot crosses and no one's really sure, but it goes flying over David Seaman's head into the far corner. And you know, the goalkeeper's flailing at it and Ronaldinho has this goofy look on his face like, yeah, of course I meant to do that. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. But still, that's that's very typical of, of what he was. Whether he meant it or not, it was spectacular. And there's also some incredible Nike commercials out there. There's one where he stands about 35 yards from goal 
and just keeps pinging the ball off the crossbar. And as it rebounds back, he wanders underneath it and hits it again. And it hits the crossbar and comes flying back out. And he does it like five or six times in a row where he's almost like juggling to himself, but over 30 yards against a crossbar of the goal. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, if you go and Google or, you know, YouTube, go to YouTube and put in Ronaldinho and just watch some of the, the Nike football secret tournament. Um, oh, he's right. In, he's the a part of that. Hull of a ship, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the cage. Um, I literally just saw that today. That's, that's actually why I kind of was thinking about it. And then, obviously, he's in the news. Um, Bill, did you have anything you yeah, wanted to add? Yeah, well, the, fir- the first time uh, I went with Bruce to a national team game was actually against Brazil. It was a friendly, where were we at, Soldier's Field? Yep, in yeah. Chicago. And, uh, and he played. Uh, it was towards the end of his career, and uh, there was a point in the second half where he had the ball, and he just he went around pretty much everyone on the field like they were cones, and uh, and just 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 made a spectacle of it. It was like he meant to do it. Just you know, went around every single person, and then he got all the way to the goal, and he dumped it off to somebody else for an easy goal. And it, it just was like, holy shit, you know, <laughs> it was just brilliant. And Bill's right. He was, he was past his peak by then. Yeah. It was Kaka's team by then. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, one of his big downfalls, he went, he went back to Brazil and, and all over the place and he played and there was constantly rumors he was going to come play in MLS. And he ended up down in yeah. Mexico at Carretero. And at that same time, they were being linked to drug lords and money laundering. And I don't think it's any, you know, it, it's not a stretch to say that somebody paid him a lot of money under the table to come play there for a season, but he just didn't really have much to offer by that point. It was kind of sad. And, th- yeah. and then he goes back to Brazil and, you know, he, he, he starts supporting this, this bozo that they have for president now, you know, the fake Trump, oh, that Bolsonaro and, yeah. and, you know, and Ronaldinho was out on the campaign trail for him as several of his other ex-teammates were. And, and he's just continued now to get in trouble with the law. He had a, he's got a huge lawsuit pending where he was trying to build this big uh, compound for himself without any building permits. (laughs) And they ended up freezing his bank accounts and taking away his passport. So he couldn't travel. Um, you don't need a passport if you're Brazilian to go to Paraguay, which kind of is why so many people are puzzled. Why did he show up with a Paraguayan passport when he tried to enter the country? And it's just all gone downhill from there. And it's been a couple of weeks now and he's still in jail. Yeah. They're no closer to an answer as to what he was doing and what happened. I don't, I just, I I mean, he's a very, the guy's a very noticeable uh, person like you, I mean, especially in Brazil and Paraguay. I mean, you're going to know Ronaldinho if he's walking through airport security. Well, I don't think um, he was. I don't think he was trying to sneak in because his name and everything was on the passport. It was the fact that it was. Passport. It's the fact that it was a fake passport. Oh my god! Yeah, that's even stupider than <laughs> exactly. Jesus. Oh my god! Yeah, I just I was pulling up the stats. He has a. Uh, 441 appearances in his senior career, 167 goals. That's a 38% uh, uh, clip in, in goals versus appearances, and then 97 um, goal or appearances for Brazil and 33 goals. So 
the dude could score. That is, that is for sure. So, and uh, clearly evidenced by his uh, domination of the Paraguayan Penal League. So, good to know yeah. he still got it. Prison baby. All right. <laughs> All right. And then uh, the last thing I have, and this is I, we'll we'll treat this with the grain of salt that it is. Um, there was a uh, a report that came out um, from, uh, according to Fox Sports Argentina, um, that uh, there's been several reports that. A, that there is another MLS team that is, is interested in Reynoso from Boca Juniors. Uh, and then um, there was a – I didn't actually see the link to the report, but a uh, tweet about that Fox Sports Argentina is reporting that a Minnesota upped their offer to $12 million for Reynoso. Um, feel free to, to talk about this at all, how crazy bonkers this is, or not talk about it at all because it's probably all bullshit anyways. Well, the part that's bullshit is the twelve million dollars. Why would they go from offering five and a half million to twelve? Yeah, I mean, exactly. come on, let's get real here. That's just stupid. Yeah. Who knows what the story uh, is? I don't have a clue. I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't even. I felt I speculated too much as it was as that was happening, and I I kind of regret it now. On uh, yeah. social media, I should have just let it go because that's always kind of been my motto is. When the deal is done, then let's talk. Then, Until then, then, talk about it. Yep. Let's talk about something else. I 100% agree. Okay. All right. Uh, last thing before we go, um, I'd be interested um, in hearing what you guys are, you know, as we are um, locked in our houses, uh, um, staying away from, you know, doing our social distancing away from, from people. Um, I mean, Bruce and Bill, I, you guys both have uh, amazing taste in, uh, in uh, books and music and uh, TV shows. Um, is there a couple things that you guys would be interested in, in recommending to people um, that are, you know, that are either visual or something that they can, you know, a TV show or movie that people can watch or an album that people should listen to um, that, you know, you're getting you through the, getting you through these, uh, these trying times or something that, you know, you just want people to, to experience. I think you're overstating that, but that's okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, as far as taste goes, um, I like Schweppes ginger ale. So that's about as far yep. as my taste itself goes. Um, Did you stock up? You stock up on enough of that? No, I try not to go too crazy because I tend to get a twelve pack and it's gone in about four days, and that's not good <laughs> to chug that okay. with sugar sugar down your throat. Um, sure. I have been trying to finish a book that I got a quite a while ago on the rock band Joy Division. An English okay. band who were around in the late 70s from Manchester, and the lead singer ended up passing away, and the other three remaining members became the band New Order, who through mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s had quite an incredible run. Um, I think they're de- they're still making music and they still tour, but I think they'd be considered oldies at this point. <laughs> yeah, but I've been trying to finish that book and I'm getting really close and it feels good. And as I go along, I keep pulling up songs and records. And as they talk about a live concert, I go on YouTube and I search for it. That's that, a good way to, for especially uh, like a rock band uh, biography or whatever. That's a, that's a, that's actually an amazing way to do it. I agree. I think anybody should find music that they love and start reading about it, even if you're just starting with Wikipedia and going from there. But as, as people, especially if you can find the band itself telling the stories, that's what I like about this book. It, it's written by John Savage, and it's literally interviews. There's no narration to this book. It's 
it's just all the people in the band and the people right around them telling the story as it happened in order, in chronological order. And so it's really fun to just pull up a record, pull up a single, pull up a TV show. Like the other night I watched them on the BBC from 1979. And, you know, it's pretty great. And they do this really odd interview where they have a guy on there from BBC Radio who isn't playing any kind of that kind of music and everyone's accusing him of all these things. It's it's kind of funny. And one of the band members sits there and just kind of mumbles a few things, which is classic for those kind of bands. They they were not boisterous. They 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 perform music and they recorded music and that's what it was about and 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 you know, if you, if you want to if you want to find a band that really did things their own way and really changed sound. I mean, they were aggressive. It's kind of dark. Um, it's kind of minimal at the same time. Sure. Joy Division. What, what's the, what's the name of the book? What is the, what's name, the name of the book? book? Let me look here real quick. I can't even remember. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Bill, yeah. you have anything? So I've been, I've been really diving into, uh, there's this uh, label from uh, the UK called uh, Cherry Red Records. And, uh, and, and they've been around forever. Um, I remember back in the eighties buying records off this label and they, they have all these amazing compilations. Uh, and, uh, if you go to their website, which is just cherryred.co.uk, you can dive into their records and what I've been doing, most of their stuff is only available as imports in this country and it's not on Spotify, but you can find people who've made playlists on Spotify that have that are the compilations, and uh, and and they're amazing. Like uh, the one I was listening today was called "All the Young Droogs," and uh, kind of a play on the on the Ian Dury song "All the Young Dudes" that Ian Dave, Hunter Ian Hunter that David Bowie wrote for him. But it's all like bands from like the mid '70s that are kind of like. Uh, I don't know. They're not glam rock bands, and they're not hard rock bands, but they're somewhere in between. Yeah, pub rock, hard rock, glam rock. Yeah, and it just really great songs. They were bar bands in a way. Yeah, I just found okay. it. I just found an album for you on here, Dave. Uh, there's okay. An album on here called Liverpool's Greatest Hits. This is Anfield. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I need to find that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll 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 text it to you. And, yeah, uh, for sure. And this label, they've got you know probably a thousand albums, and uh, okay. but they you know they they have amazing stuff. They have like punk rock stuff. They've got electronic music stuff. They have just the schlockiest crap you've ever seen. But uh, it's it's a great label. I've got That's the awesome. name of the book here from Joy Division. It's yeah. called This Searing Light: The Sun and Everything Else. Joy Division: okay. The Oral History. All right, say that again. John Savage is the author. It's called This Searing Light. So Okay. It's very Excellent. worth it. I know that uh, our friend Jim Christ is currently reading that book, too, because he tweeted out a photo of it the other night. <laughs> awesome. Very I, cool. I'm, I'm going to surprise you here, Dave, on that Anf This is Anfield uh, album. There's a yeah. few, There's a few versions of uh, You'll Never Walk Alone. Oh, okay. I know you're surprised. Hey, I'm, into, I'm into that. Yeah, right. Of course. Are they, are, is that band from Liverpool? Then I'm, I'm assuming they must. No, be. it's They're it's a it's Liverpool. a compilation album. So oh, it's, it's oh, all com- sorts okay. of bands, like you know, 
Jerry and the Pacemakers. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. There's, there's, okay. you know, it looks crazy. The Eagles. I picked up. I'm sure the Eagles are on here. Big Liverpool yeah, fans. Um, when I was, uh, when I was help work, helping before Christmas, I was helping my buddy out in his, uh, worked for a, a sporting memorabilia uh, store out in Eden Prairie. And they have to keep a, like, they do like a rock and jock. They actually have like a record, uh, like a small little record. And the guy who used to run Treehouse uh, Records, um, after or before they closed down and so he just he had this personal passion project um i think he might rival you bruce with the number of records that he has no i don't but, even uh, come close that guy's got yeah. 50 times what i have oh not 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 uh not tree uh the guy the guy who ran the guy who ran ran it for him the, who was managed the manager the manager of the store okay. anyways yeah. he's a friend of mine um he's ran a couple of labels here in the city too anyways uh there was a i was working and uh pick up random shifts and then um i go in for my shift for a shift one day like maybe like the the day before christmas eve or whatever and he's like david come over here and i was like all right what and uh he said someone had brought in a uh, jerry and the pacemakers record uh to sell and he, he bought it from the guy and, and just kept it for me on the side he's like i wasn't even gonna put this out here for you if you guys if you want this record it's yours so um it's great cool. to have friends it's great to have friends running record stores yeah, right. <laughs> that was a regular um, occurrence for Bill and I for oh, yeah. several decades. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I know I talked a little bit about uh, stuff that I'm watching um, when I did my solo podcast. I want to actually point out a couple books I'm reading. I'm trying to read more books. Have you guys read uh, Charles Portis at all? Um, he just passed away maybe about a month ago. Mm. Um, anyways, I'm reading a book of his called Norwood, um, which is I just started it. Uh, it's a, he's a guy, Charles Force is a guy who wrote True Grit, uh, True Grit. Oh, um, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, Nor so Norwood is like the, apparently it was the book that, uh, that it, when you, when you joined the Simpsons writer's room, they made you read this book, Norwood. It's kind of surreal. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's not like super funny, but you can definitely tell like it's got a weird sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and like then it's like, like a Kurt Vonnegut type. Kind of, kind of a little bit. Yeah. Not quite as, not I don't quite as, mean... as Kurt Vonnegut. But... Sure. Sure. I know what you mean. Yeah. But close enough. Um, and then uh, the other uh, the other book, I'm, not, not a Christian book I'm reading, it's actually something my cousin got for me for Christmas called uh, Her Honor, which is about Rosalie Wall um, and the Minnesota Women's Movement, um, which is written by uh, Lori Sturdivant, who's a, an amazing uh, writer, uh, um, journalist here in Minnesota. So um, it's a biography of, of Rosalie Wall. If you're not familiar with Rosalie Wall, you should look her up. But it also talks more about the Minnesota women's movement in general. So, so yeah, so you got some. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, dear, dear listeners, you have some book recommendations. You have some uh, records that you're going to need to probably import from uh, England. I know that Bill yeah. and I have done two excellent things recently. We will sit on opposing chairs, and we we both had Instagram up, and we went through a, an Instagram feed called Kook Slams. K-O-O-K-S-L-A-M-S, -O -O Kook Slams, and it's mainly accidents in the water. Let's just put it that way. Lots of okay. surfing wipeouts. Let's put a trigger warning on this. Boat, boat accidents <laughs> and just madness, general madness. And he and I sat side by side silently, and we kind of scrolled through it together at a similar pace. And then one of us or both of us at the same time would just bust out laughing at something really horrible that just happened to somebody and and oh my god we must have sat there for an hour yep. going through that feed and we barely right. we barely put a dent in it 
Kook Slams Kook on slams. Uh, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And then today, <laughs> we spent about an hour watching, maybe even a little bit more, watching episodes of Jeopardy. Yes. And oh. On Netflix, right? And we would yell yeah. out the answers. And then if we didn't have an actual answer, we would yell out something incredibly stupid <laughs> instead of the answer. And there was one episode where there was... Do you remember the question? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, do the question and for the, us. The question was uh, uh, this this band put together by Bob Geldof that raised oh, oh, and money. Oh, it started with a B. That was yeah. the category. Bands who start with a B. Yeah, and, you know, bands started by Bob Geldof that raised money for, you know, people in Africa. And this came out mm-hmm. right after Live Aid, which yeah. was a 1985 international concert that raised yep. millions. And this woman yep. hits the buzzer, and she gets it. So this guy Bob Geldof was like a he was like a big fundraiser. He would yeah. rally all the superstars together, and he would put on these extravagant events and raise tons of money. And and he did yeah. this single called "Feed the World." No, yeah, "Feed the World." Do yeah. you know it's Christmas time? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Do oh, yeah, you know yeah, it's Christmas? Yeah, do you know it's, yeah. yeah, and it's sold literally millions and millions and millions of copies. And she hits the buzzer, and she's, you know, so it's a band that starts with B, fronted by Bob Geldof, that raised money to for Africa. And she hits the buzzer, and she says, <laughs> the B-52s. <laughs> 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 Bill and I were just dying laughing. <laughs> we couldn't stop laughing. That's like the exact opposite of, uh, of Bob oh, Geldof. Uh, yeah. It was a band. little bit of a oh. tricky question because his band was the Boomtown Rats. Boomtown Rats was his band, which okay. would have worked. But they were saying, they didn't really say he was in a band. They no. said he put this together. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, so it, it was, it was Boom, Boomtown Rats was the answer. No, 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 no. It was Band-Aid. Oh, Band-Aid is what they oh, were called. Oh, Band-Aid. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't. But, okay. But, and so then, for the next episode or two, whenever there'd be an answer that we didn't quite understand, one of us would yell out the B 52s as the answer. There was a guy in the series we're watching who's won like nine episodes in a row, and we thought the next episode is a joke. If he didn't know an answer, he would he should buzz in and yell the B 52s. Yeah, but he had no sense of humor at no, all. No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All so, right. Well, guys, this has been this has been fantastic. I, I really appreciate uh, Bill for putting this together, Bruce for for jumping on once again. Um, and yeah, we'll get the uh, we'll get the whole gang back together on Monday to uh, to talk a little bit more. Hopefully, we have. I'm not sure what we'll talk about, but we'll figure out something. Um, yeah. So yeah. If you have any thoughts or ideas, um, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, things for us to talk about or or games for us to watch and then talk about or something i don't know we'll figure we'll figure something out um if i don't do this podcast i'm gonna fucking lose i'm gonna blow my brains out and i don't have a gun in my house i'm gonna have to go find a gun and blow my brains out so um definitely want to make yeah, sure don't do that dave that, don't, <laughs> don't do that me. just watch kook slam yeah, yeah just watch kook slam you'll slam. be fine I'll, just, I'll put kook slam on the instagram and just, and yeah. just uh, uh zone out just call um, me right, before well, you pull you. the trigger i'll talk <laughs> you down off the cliff i've done it before <laughs> well Will do, will do. Uh, all right, Bruce, Bill, thank you guys so much for uh, for doing this. All right, My see you, pleasure. David. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. All right.
I just want to say thank you once again to the Brothers McGuire for uh, taking the time uh, last night to uh, help us out and record some uh, some fun stuff. Hope you guys check out uh, Kook Slams. Um, it is a I looked at it last night. It is a fucking hilarious Instagram uh, feed. Um, we'll be back uh, early next week um, with a sort of probably like generally more regular podcast, and then uh, we have some crazy ideas I think for uh, for stuff that we can uh, that we can find do in the future. Um, uh, and yeah, if you have any thoughts or suggestions on what you want to hear from us uh, over the course of the next eight weeks or so, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can always reach us at, at TDIKMN on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Texas Zeller. Um, uh, Bill is at Bill underscore McGuire. Um, at MJ Matsui, at D Wade are the uh, two regular co hosts. And if you're not following Bruce on Twitter, I don't know how you are a Minnesota soccer fan. Uh, but if you're not, it's at Dunord. Uh, please, yeah, uh, let us know uh, if you have any thoughts or suggestions. Thanks for, for spending some time with us. And uh, yeah, um, we've been the Daves You Know. This is the Daves I Know. As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Son, son, son.